brought to you by Perez Tire Center, Aces Bail Bonds, Miranda and Sons Automotive, Bridgeport Auto Glass, Ramirez Spanish Restaurant, Oz Funeral Super Elite Entertainment. I'm your host Jason Rodriguez. I hope you guys are having a good evening. It's, it's a really beautiful day out there. I'm excited to be here broadcasting in the studio. I'm not located in the city of Bridgeport right now at our Super Elite Entertainment studio. I'm actually broadcasting remotely from my home. And tonight I'm excited because I have Mr. No Other Than Egbert Rodriguez, owner and operator of Funeraria Luz de Paz in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Egbert Rodriguez is going to be joining me remotely from the funeral home, which is located on Washington Avenue in Bridgeport, Connecticut, momentarily. But really quick, I just want to remind you guys, as I do each and every week, if you're listening to us on our podcast, I want to welcome you into the show right now. We are live right now on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Public Radio, and also on Google to tune in this Saturday night for an amazing show that we have set for you guys. All right, it's going to be two action-packed hours of Worship music where we're, gonna, where we're gonna worship and praise and edify the name of our Lord and Savior. If you need new rims or tires, visit PerezTireCenter.com or go down to 72 Nolton Street in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Aces Bell Bond, quick response 24 7 easy payment, Yasmin Khan, located at 1125 North Avenue in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Also, se habla espanol. So if you need Aces Bell Bond services, contact Yasmin Khan at Aces Bell Bond. Evolution Sports Bar and Cafe will be opening up. They are located at 1279 North Avenue in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So keep in mind that when Evolution Sports Bar opens up, they have Thursdays, karaoke night, Fridays, ladies night, Saturdays, fusion day, and Sundays at Dia de Rumba. Miranda and Sons Automotive. If you need new brakes, electrical system, diagnostic check, head gasket, AC service, tune-ups, front end struts, full general auto repairs, Contact Luz Miranda at Miranda & Sons Automotive at 360 Avon Street in Stratford, Connecticut. Spark City Smoke & Vape. If you need a cigar, lotto tickets, tobacco, vaping products, they even have a smoking lounge. Visit Spark City Smoke & Vape Shop at 815 Lafayette Boulevard in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Spark City Smoke & Vape Shop features the best cigars you can possibly find in the city of Bridgeport. Ramirez Spanish Restaurant, located at 1234 East Main Street in Bridgeport, Connecticut, specializing in seafood eat churrasco. If you need some dinner, some lunch, some wine, takeout, catering, delivery, free delivery, if I should say, if you have an appetite for some really good Spanish food, visit Ramirez Spanish Restaurant at 1234 East Main Street in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And finally, Bridgeport Auto Glass. If you need new glass on your vehicle, visit 
Bridgeport Auto Glass at 1227 Barnum Avenue in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Contact Pedro at 203-916-7990 or visit www.bridgeportautoglassshop.com. Again, I'm your host, Jason Rodriguez. I'm excited to be here broadcasting live in the studio. Um, I'm glad that you guys are tuning in right now. If you're watching, I'm going to kindly ask you to please click that share button and share this live broadcast into your timeline. We're going to have an amazing time. I have one of the most influential Latinos from the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut, who owns Funeraria Luz de Paz, Mr. Edgar Rodriguez. He is right on standby, remotely on standby. I'm here broadcasting from my home. Edgar is there at the funeral home in the city of Bridgeport, and he's ready, man. He's fired up. I'm fired up, and we are going to have a good time tonight. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When I come back, Mr. Edgar Rodriguez from Funeraria Luz de Paz will, will be joining me momentarily. Again, I'm your host, Jason Rodriguez. Please share this live broadcast to your timeline. We'll be right back momentarily. Antes de comer algo, cuando toca cualquier cosa, y si abres una puerta, Coronavirus, vea que somos bacanas. Yeah. Cero besitos, cero apretón de mano. Cubrirnos la boca si todos se muertos nudamos. No podemos tocar la cosa sin protección. Y evitemos en lugares públicos aglomeración. Si tú de verdad me quieres, salúdame de lejito. Es la mejor muestra de afecto que yo necesito. Unidos podemos, cuidémonos todito. Y a ese virus le ganamos trabajando en equipo. Alright, you guys, and welcome back to Super League Entertainment. Again, I'm your host, Jason Rodriguez. Excited to be here broadcasting from the studio, remotely from my home studio. And um, as you already know, due to the effects of COVID-19, we are now opening um, our studio today. I mean, we were there last week. We'll be most likely we'll be there next week. But we decided to uh, to broadcast remotely because Mr. Edgar Rodriguez, who's the owner of Funeraria Luz de Paz, who's on standby, is going to be joining us momentarily. Edgar has a lot of things going on. Um, extremely busy schedule, as you already know, it's a funeral home. And you know that with everything that's going on in the state and in the world, Eggert's time is, is, is mandated. I mean, he is extremely busy. So I am honored to have Mr. Edgar Rodriguez joining me tonight from Furenalia, Luz de Bas. Again, I want to encourage you guys, if you're watching, please share this live broadcast into your timeline. Let someone know, man, that I have Mr. Edgar Rodriguez um, here on standby. He's going to be joining me momentarily. If you're listening to us on our podcast, we are on Anchor, Spotify, and also on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm ready to go. Edgar, how you feeling? You ready to go, Edgar? All right. Absolutely. Without further ado, I present to you guys Mr. Edgar Rodriguez. Edgar, how you doing, my brother? Great, Jason. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Edgar, I'm excited to have you here on the show tonight, especially during a critical time where, as you already know, we are all dealing with the effects of COVID-19. Um, there are thousands upon thousands of casualties and lives that have been lost and taken. And you are one of the frontline essential, um, employees that are out there. I mean, you're, you're, you're there boots and strap. You're, you're involved in everything that is going on. You own Luce Boss Funeral Home in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I know that you guys are extremely busy. 
So I wanted to bring you onto the show, onto the platform, so that we could just talk about what's going on, how your business is dealing with COVID-19, uh, dealing with all the family members of the casualties. Um, so we basically, we just want to touch on a little bit of everything, as well as, I want to mention this, I want you to talk about your faith and how your faith as well is, is, is leading and guiding you in the midst of all the chaos that we're all having to deal with in this critical time right now in our world. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Edgar. You can start off by introducing yourself and just take it from there and we'll just go. Okay. Well, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you can see me right now. Everything seems to be frozen, but I'm going to keep going. No, I'm keep not going. Sure. Okay, yep, good. Yep. We okay. can see you. We can hear you, Edgar. Well, as you guys know, um, uh, we have been of course, uh, attacked by this virus uh, in our area, across the nation, across the state of Connecticut. It's been, obviously, uh, it's been spreading. And as we've seen the spread of the virus, uh, nonetheless has been absolutely, uh, for a lack of better terms, one of the most ironic things that we've confronted, one of the most unique ways that we have been able to see that nature is nature and basically uh when things like this occur there's not really much any of us can really do mm -hmm. and besides uh nature taking its course we can only above all pray for those that really get uh hit with this virus this is a very uh fast moving virus it's a virus that you know does uh it's it's how i say it's due diligence Within days, within three, four days, uh, people start getting pretty sick. And I hear from a couple of nurses uh, that days six and seven are probably the most pivotal points for many people that have been attacked under COVID-19. But this has no, this has no boundaries. It has nothing less than uh, crossing every possible nationality, every possible person, every possible walk of anything that you can imagine has been impacted by a virus something that we're not seeing something that we're not even uh uh able to talk i mean we, we obviously touch it and it contracts because of the touching and putting it near our orifices like our mouth and our nose and stuff like that but nonetheless it's something that without knowing it's there it becomes a very very light threatening thing for many people mm. uh and it's, it's without a doubt uh i've never been challenged more in my 20 years in this business been challenged uh to date wow. amazing. Uh, utterly amazing uh we have been currently uh dealing with as many families as we can but as sad to say and Jason, I, I mean, this is difficult for me to even swallow because think about it. I've had to deny because we are at full capacity of the amount of people that we can serve, the amount of of, of space that we have for their deceased loved ones. Mm. And ultimately, just since Friday evening, about six o'clock, I have had to decline the opportunity to serve a family eight times. Wow. Eight times I've had to say, I wish with all my heart I can help you. 
but we can't. We can't because I have a level of of care. I have a level of, of, of attention. I have a level of integrity that I cannot compromise for anything. And I'm not saying under any circumstances comforts. We're talking about we are currently at approximately 20 cases in-house. 20 people that it's only two funeral directors and me and my other funeral director uh, have been handling average in-house amount of persons in the past three to four weeks has been 20 people, one or 22, but never beyond that. Because you just can't. You can't. Anyone in their right mind. Uh, I, I heard a funeral director say once, um, oh, how can you say no? How can you say no? It's that we need to be wise. We need to make decisions that will give these families the time that they need, the care that they need to their loved ones and while they're in our care. There is absolutely no justification for things to happen that, such as, for example, this situation that happened in New York City. There is absolutely no, no justification for anything of that nature to happen in the funeral home, to be holding human remains in pockets. That's not acceptable. That, that's not because if I would not what I tell people all the time, if I don't if I don't do it for your loved one, if I don't do it for my loved one, I'm not doing it for you. Because my loved ones, my mom, my dad, my 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 siblings, my 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 children, if it's not good for them, mm-hmm. it's not good for your family. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing that I will justify when it's wrong. Yes, you say no. You say no because you do not have the capability to give that family the level that they need and the level that they deserve. Wow. So that, that's probably what we're handling right now. Uh, you know, the hardest part, to be honest wow. with you. Yes, they lose loved ones, but ultimately, if we can't serve them right, then what's the point in serving them at all? Yeah, Edgar, what's what's the and you know what? I, I take my hat off to you because as I'm listening to you speak, I can hear the passion as in your voice because I know that you're having to deal with a lot of, of difficult, challenging moments, um, especially during these critical times. And, you know, but in regards to the family members that you're dealing with, I mean, what kind of opportunity are you providing them in order to grieve? Um, because I know that they can't have a viewing. Correct me if I'm wrong. But what's, what's the approach that your funeral home and most funeral homes are taking to provide family members with an opportunity to grieve, especially, before you answer, especially during a time where uh, family members, when, when these individuals are passing away in the hospital, I'm being told that most of them are passing away all alone with no one, no one by their side, which is really, really right. sad. There's nothing like having someone there holding your hand and, and, and just, you know, sending you off into glory. Um, with, with that final touch, but these people are dying with, without that touch, without a family member present. So what kind of grieving opportunity are you um, providing for the family members? Well, let me tell you, Jason, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, we have had knowledge of people who were not permitted to go back into the hospital 
and people passing away with unfortunately no family member on their side. Um, but we also have to remember there are people in those hospitals, there are nurses and there are people that are working and helping these nurses and technicians that, you know, we can never, ever repay to these guys what they have done to the people that are in that hospital alone. Mm. People that they don't know, but they want to make sure they wanted to make sure that they didn't die alone. Mm. So although that, that we know just because we're not next to our loved one. It doesn't mean that one of those guys that's in those hospitals working was not there to stand in for us, mm, mm. tell them it's going to be okay, to tell them that basically your family's going to be okay. They're going to be okay as long as they know you're okay. And maybe they never told the family because they didn't have a chance to because, you know, things happen and they're, they, they're just told that the person passes away. But some of those people in there, they were holding those, love, those, those people's hands wow. and being there for them and encouraging them and letting them understand that they're going to be fine. And so, you know, I, 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 my heart goes out to a lot of them. I cannot tell you how difficult some of the stories that I have heard um, that, that basically not only were they not allowed in, but people who not only in hospitals, but also in nursing homes. One of the areas that we have been extremely attacked, uh, and I say us because we're talking about society. Uh, us as society is the nursing homes these places that we have trusted and trusted over and over again the care for our loved ones and because they need 24-hour care mm. and basically somebody from an employee and guys i know this is not deliberately um jason i know they don't do it on purpose let's be realistic nobody yep. would do this on purpose yep but um you know, they come to work and they carry the virus and all of a sudden they visit 10 patients and all of a sudden they just pass on the virus to 10 patients. Mm -hmm. And that is a very, that, that for a person in a nursing home to contract a virus like the coronavirus, it's almost giving them a death wish. Because most of them are in there because of a health condition that is already compromising their way of living. So you give them and you throw in that addition of the coronavirus, it's almost secure and unfortunate definitely. But we just don't know because this virus is so all over the place that you'd be surprised how some people just are asymptomatic. That's one of the things that has been astounding some scientists. And mm -hmm. some of these doctors and nurses realize that some people have been carrying it around and never even realized they had it. Wow. So, but needless to say, nursing homes have been attacked and so you're right a lot of people have been unfortunate not to be the ones next to, next to this so they, a lot of people have been surrogate family members for these people that are passing away mm. so when i get them I, I hear them out because one of the things is is that i do is I'm, I'm always interested in the stories i want to know what happened i want to know what has transpired that brought them to me and so when i hear the stories I can't tell you that when you think you've heard it all, you hear a new one. That's right. When you think, when, when you think honestly that your life is in shambles, you need to kind of just extend an ear because there are so many people out there confronting situations that you and I would never ever, ever conceive people are going through. So ultimately, um, 
they come to us and and you know you're right jason in the beginning when this when this virus hit i have to tell you um up to a certain point a lot of us are very glad that we have somewhat evolved we've evolved because in the first few weeks of this virus i'm not going to uh sugarcoat this issue many of us were home many of us were trying to stay home but when we had to leave our homes we really didn't know what we were going to going to do we really were unaware fully what the possibilities are of where are we going to can we get it yeah and 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 you know for those of us who have children at home those of us who have families at home you know i I've, i've been really blessed with an amazing family um my spouse my kids i mean i'm 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 amazing uh, of a family but to know that i'm leaving the house and not knowing if i'm going to walk into the encounter with the virus and i and, and knowing that in my my career i am but here's the kicker it's not even the deceased alone i'm also dealing with the living that mm. doubles my chances so that has brought a lot of challenges mentally psychologically and emotionally there were days that i left my house and i'm not going to deny i was swallowing deep swallowing deep because i was so worried for my children but i was also making sure that i didn't abandon the families that i had in my house mm. in my other place, which is my funeral mm-hmm. and my I have nothing but praises for them i mean they have been champions 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 those of you that don't know collect collect uh lapray she's uh my other director here at the funeral home mm-hmm. some lady is a champion from day one and like myself she also was challenged but we come now to these times where i say that we're kind of glad because um we have encountered more information about the virus encountered more more of what is it that this virus is how do we catch it what are the chances what's even better is how do we kill it mm. you know what eger and, and i don't want to cut you off but as you're talking and i'm thinking you know uh, uh first of all you know i congratulate your family members for for being there and being that support system that you need because since since day one you know i i've i've thought about you not to mention we have a show called praying with music we do every saturday nights and there's people in the timeline who are requesting that we pray specifically for Edgar Rodriguez from Funeraria Luz de Paz. So there's people that are praying for you. Yeah. You know, so we've been praying for you on a weekly basis. And, you know, I you know, I I've thought about it. I'm like, "All right, so, you know, with with the amount of of casualties and the amount of of death, and I don't mean to put it that way in those terms, but that's what you're around. I mean, mm-hmm. how is Edgar Rodriguez um and also Colette protecting themselves during this pandemic? I mean, what measures are you taking? to protect yourself. Well, you know, one of the things that I'm luckily to have and maybe it's a good thing at this time of the time of the game is I'm um, OCD. Uh, and my OCD and that and that I know and that I know <laughs> protecting myself and my staff to the highest level and I don't care what the cost is, I don't care where I get it, I don't care what I need is to get it. Mm. And I have been from day 1 getting 
whenever I find masks, I buy masks. Whenever I find gowns, I got gowns. I, whenever I find hand sanitizer, I get it. Whenever I find uh, sprays, I God has blessed me to a point where I ran into a gentleman who has a an environmental cleanup company, and he shared. He was so kind. This guy was amazing. He dropped off this uh, this fluid that he uses in his company to disinfect. Mm. To disinfect to kill the virus. So he brought me this half a gallon. Told me, "Don't worry about it. Just this is the way you use it." And that way, it created a nice, uh, shall I say, comfortable feeling that we were doing okay, that we were going to be protected from this. So we did not want to feel that on top of what we're doing to keep being exposed to this. Mm. So after we do what we have to do, and like I said. Um, earlier because now we know more about this virus above all we can completely be sure that we are going to be safe in our funeral home and everything we do here we make sure that we disinfect it with the proper chemicals with the proper everything again gowns shoes masks gloves and we're not talking about cheap little thin gloves that you can see through we're talking about big rubber gloves that i i have to really work on getting through i want to make sure that we are protected and that's everything that we have had to do we have had to i've had to make sure that i do not run out of none of that stuff because it's not just one pair of gloves for that person it's one pair of gloves to get them one pair of gloves to get them out of the car, one pair of gloves to go work with them, one pair of gloves to go dress them, one pair of gloves if whatever the on the onslaught of the amount of protective gear that is needed is beyond comprehension. But by the grace of God, he's always opened the door. And every time he opens that door, I dive in and I buy whatever I have to buy. Oh, and again, sure you do. <laughs> our health is not uh, is not compromised. It's, it's it's not negotiable to to risk our health because if we risk our health and we go down, then what? Yeah. Then it depends. So we we have been prepared. Excellent. And in regards to services, I mean the usual funeral, the wake. I mean the the usual routine. People show up at your facility, review the body. I mean, what what what's the approach right now? There's I mean, is there still a burial um, with all the family members that are present? Um, I know that you also provide a live stream video um, service where family members can can pay their respects to their family member via video. Um, yep. But yeah, so break it down to us. What what kind of services are you providing? Well, that's why I was saying earlier how we're kind of getting excited because because we've known a much more now about this virus and what we're working with a little bit. Now it's been a little bit easier to kind of work with families. Easier in the sense that in the first couple of weeks, because we didn't know, um, we were handling services to a degree where we unfortunately it was either a direct cremation or a direct burial. There was no option to view the body. There was no option to to expose the body according to the way the, 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 the state law was written or the health department shared with us was that the body could not be exposed to the public under any circumstance because they died of a communicable disease. Now, the current time, because we know what kills it, because we know what methods work, we know what's happening because uh, before we believed or they believed that common embalming practices was not killing the virus. Mm. 
So we wanted to make sure that it was. And so we went from, from not being able to have anything to now, when we receive a person that has passed away from COVID, we, number one, have given the family various options. Options are, yes, you can have a direct cremation. Yes, you can have a direct burial. Yes, you can have a viewing. And yes, you can have um, the live stream, as you mentioned. We live stream, which is not called live stream, uh, all these broadcasting since 2007, probably. And now it's that it's become center stage because of the pandemic. Absolutely. But thank God that we were prepared for that. Because mm -hmm. since we've had it, we didn't have to do any major looking and trying to figure out how we're going to do this and that. Yeah, we this for our families all along. So we're we're excited that finally we can tell a family, listen, just because your family's not here doesn't mean they can't be part of it. Here are the only restrictions we're encountering. And encountering, and this is very important. Uh the still the state of Connecticut requires that no more, and I until I hear we cannot change that, no more than five people can be in the building at one time. So think about it, Jason. A lot of times when you speak to a family, uh, I love our culture, but our culture has more than five people in a family. How many people <laughs> you, you know have two people in that call it a day? Uh -huh. It doesn't matter, you know? Any Latin culture, we have quite a few members of the family. So I have made it uh, a point to for me to be outside and then I leave the vet because it's got to be five people, including funeral staff. So it's discouraging. Some people don't say, forget it. You know, it's just not worth it. So what I tell people, listen, if you decide to do it, I'll go outside. At least it leaves you four, four spaces. My employee has to be there to, you know, make sure the door is open for you guys and stuff. But let's make it four. And if you have more than four, then maybe you can just come in. And after a half hour or so, you, the next four can come in. But I always give them guidance because we can't have a line outside mm -hmm. because that's social distancing. Mm -hmm. Everybody is supposed to stay in their vehicles. And because of the live broadcasting, we can then encourage them to, from their cars outside, watch the live broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And so when people are coming out, we can then notify the second, the next car that they're coming out, you can start coming in. And that way, they can keep swapping. There should not be, if people you know, are able to kind of stick with the program, it's hard. All of a sudden, want to hug each other, and you're like, you're like, oh, you know, that's not my, my business. So I, I stick with my building. That's where my business is. So, I uh, make sure the four people are inside. I make sure we do not over or do over the five in the building because if I do that there, then I'm, I'm doing them an injustice. Their health is not uh, negotiable. Neither is mine, but neither is theirs. So I have to follow these guidelines for them and for me. Mm -hmm. So they don't even it. Now, cemeteries, the problem we are having at cemeteries is all these cemeteries have in, in, uh, sent out notifications about how they would like to handle burials regarding They are mostly all 
averaging five, I'm sorry, 10 people at the gravesite. Of course, masks and gloves, mandatory. And in all fairness, guys, we're supposed to be six feet apart. Mm -hmm. Now, the chances are they're not six feet apart. The reason the times they're not six feet apart because everybody, some of them are living in the house. Some of these people are husband and wives that live together in the same house anyway. So what's the point of having them six feet apart at the grave state? So that is what I comprehend. And you have to be a little bit realistic. You can't be and, you know, make a federal issue. Most cemeteries have had the common decency to try to work with people and understand um, that most families have more than one person, more than people. And if so, we try to work around it. Ultimately, if there are more than 10 people, which most of the time there is, the cemetery wants them to remain in their vehicles. Keep in mind, cemetery requirements this is not our requirements this is the cemeteries mm. so we just relay these messages yep. and and jason in all fairness i tell people all the time i'm a relayer not an enforcer i enforce on my property this is where i have to enforce what the rules are pertaining to my house Absolutely. but if i'm in a cemetery i cannot be telling people like i'm i'm the the social distancing police that doesn't work you know <laughs> i i have to be realistic and know where i belong and that's where i tell the guys from the cemetery if it's you speak to the family that's that's been a little bit and um uh, and lastly i'll say this um and, and jason please um uh, bear with me while i just explained this last thing where i'm having an issue at some cemeteries, specifically one, but I won't mention it just not to create a further situation, but uh, the actual belief that Edgar will prohibit the son of a lady who has passed away suddenly from COVID from this diabolical disease that suddenly took their mother away and she had 30 children her sons and daughters are some of the most I have ever dealt with her son out of town driving because he was afraid to fly but he flew over 2,000 miles to come to his mother's funeral mm. this one to find you we arrived at the cemetery. The family was reminded that there's only 10 people. They so said, well, guys, we're going to corner. Brothers left their other brothers to be at the gravesite because there could not be more than 10. They didn't have to be told. They did it on the, uh, by themselves. Then the cemetery thought that they were going to tell the people that were in the car, including the three sons, that they could not come up to say goodbye to their mother and to place that flower on her casket. They decided to come and tell me, oh, no. And that's where I draw the line. Because if you ask me, we have to be considerate, we have to be compassionate, we have to be empathetic. And in the career we have chosen, 
families, this is my problem. I will fight for them because that alone was unacceptable. And mm. I find that to be totally an action of a repulsive individual who cannot comprehend that someone else is truly suffering the loss of their mother. I cannot justify that. So most people, most cemeteries, 10 people, and usually they prefer anyone in excess of 10 to remain in the neighborhood. And as long as everybody does that, they're okay with it. Yeah. So Edgar, going forward, um, during this pandemic, the after effects, uh, do you see the, the funeral home industry changing its approach, changing the way they handle uh, situations? Do you see this pandemic influencing the industry? Well, I think until a vaccine is done, until there is some sense of security where funeral directors and others in the death care industry are assured of the inability to contract this virus, it will bring a lot more use of personal protective equipment mm -hmm. encountering deaths at houses, when encountering deaths they location that was unexpected and so when, when we are encountering these deaths much more that there's a possibility the person is COVID positive until we have 100% immunity to the virus all the way but I believe if anything the protection is going to be change and then the other way it's going to change is until further notice masks and gloves are going to be become natural in our environment in our society that's the way it's going to be until further notice even if we get out of our home even if we can go shopping even if we can go buy a car a house at whatever i hope they can identify you by the look in your eyes because ultimately not, not going to be by our face we're going to have to wear masks and gloves at all times yeah you know and as, as I'm listening to you, you know, I'm thinking about as I, for example, when I'm driving through East Main Street or other different areas in the city, I see uh, people congregating, hanging out. A lot of people not wearing masks, not wearing personal protective gear like their gloves, not utilizing hand sanitizers. So, you know, still, even with all the number of victims that we've had and Connecticut alone has about 2,600 so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still people that's not taking this um pandemic seriously so you from a, from a professional perspective as a funeral home director dealing with casualties what age bracket have you dealt with the most i mean because a lot of people are thinking that this is an old a old person old people virus i mean what's your take on that well let's uh, to keep it fair um yes i would say a good number of the persons who have passed away are elderly but I cannot, under any circumstances, utilize that as a crutch to be acting foolishly. Ultimately, I have dealt with every possible age bracket, anywhere from 30 years old up. We have had people in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s, obviously 60s, 70s, and 80s. I've had 80-year-olds that I know that made it, but yet I know a 35-year-old in the hospital struggling so it really is unpredictable mm -hmm. but here what we need to get used to and this is the reality of the world we live in the reality is that 
there are always going to be people who will not heed to the warning. That's all. That's part of that's the part of the society we live in. There will always be people out there who won't be men. There are also people out there who believe that I, I had the virus, so I'm never going to get it again. That's also far from the truth. Mm. No matter what, it is our responsibility, if not to yourself, to our fellow man, to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do it for you, do it for someone else. Because ultimately, that mask that you're wearing is not only protecting you, possibly protecting someone else because you may get it again and you may get it the second time it's going to be worse than the first time and if you get it the second time I you, you may be just as contagious the first time and I, I guarantee you because that has nothing to do with how many times you get infected ultimately it is a disease that you have no proof of who will die from it and who will not my conscience is to know that because of me acting foolishly of not wanting to put a mask on I'm catching COVID and spreading it to somebody who lost the world that's just not an option Ego, with the demand that's going on right now with the pandemic, COVID-19 um, regarding your business working hours I mean, has, has your schedule changed? I mean, are you working long, extended hours now? Uh, I mean, because I know that you have to drive remains to different airports. I mean, you're going and doing house visits, removing uh, 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 victims from their homes. You're picking up bodies at the hospitals. I mean, how, how, how do you juggle it? How do you manage all of that? Well, we have been implementing a sort of a pattern of a schedule here at the funeral home. Mm -hmm. And in the aspect of during the day, especially weekdays, um, uh, our secretary, Debbie Reyes, who's, who's absolutely spectacular, uh, has been kind enough with working with families who call, people who call, and when there is a new case that we need to address, and if we can attend to them uh, because we're able to have the space and, and be a new family that we can serve, then we uh, schedule a time, which usually in the evening so we have been focused on doing what we have to do with bodies um embalming picking up funerals burials everything during the daytime hours and then in the afternoon evening after like three to four we start conducting um shall i say family encounters where we have been uh we have been making arrangements with families online. We, we go, we, we speak to them, they speak to us. It's like a, a virtual room. Like if we're sitting at the funeral home together, they are able to see caskets. They are able to see the prayer cards, the register books. I mean, there is uh, nothing that they cannot do while in the comfort of their home. Mm. So reason for that is because remember, we didn't know what we were working with. And that's become the norm for now. No unnecessary encounters with friends because we don't want to bring them out of their house if we don't have to. Hmm. Why should they leave their house if they don't have to? So we've been making arrangements online. Also, 
we have been giving families the option where through our, through our system, we have sent them invoices that they've been requesting to know what's the cost, what's that. They are from the comfort of their home, they're able to pay for the services. From the comfort of their home, they can get us pictures. From the comfort of their home, they can send us everything that we need, even the signatures. The state of Connecticut has now authorized through, um, a, like for example, Adobe Sign, DocuSign, which we all have been exposed to at some time or another. Now, you, if you're living in Florida, you are the legal next of kin of a person who's living here by themselves. I can send you the documents, you sign them on your phone, on your computer, wherever you are, and they come right back signed. And wow. we can keep going to get things done. Wow. So uh, things have evolved a little bit to make things a little bit easier to get done, especially with the COVID situation. Mm -hmm. But we don't know if some of these things are going to be retracted. Now, the last thing that we're very excited about, and it's very important that people know this, because one of the things that's happening is when people pass away at nursing homes, nursing homes have an obligation that they have somewhat not wanted to fulfill a little bit, but now's the time where they need to step up to the plate. And it's the following reason. Number one, no longer by health department regulations as of April 4th, the funeral directors, because of the limitation of people inside the buildings, we should not be going up to the, the fourth floor to pull out a patient in the room that passes away. That's not supposed to be happening. Hmm. The patients are supposed to be brought to a holding room, which every, every nursing home is supposed to have. They are supposed to be placed in the proper uh, wrapping of using the term cautiously for lack of better words, a body bag. Mm. They have to be in a body bag. They cannot be in sheet. That doesn't happen anymore. And lastly, according to state law, and this was always the law, but you know what's crazy is that nobody really wants to enforce these things until now. And I'll tell you why. The nurses that pronounce the patient have the legal authority authorized by the doctor they can call the doctor such and such a patient has passed away as soon as they pass away and the doctor tells them fine you can sign the death certificate the nurse that pronounced the patient can sign the death certificate under the direction of the doctor sign it with the cause of death there is absolutely no reason and you're not supposed to anyways move a body without the actual cause of death on that death certificate mm. so therefore now more than ever funeral homes are requiring uh nursing homes to have one of three things including the body bag including the body in the more in the holding room and lastly that death certificate with the cause of death must be faxed to the funeral home before the funeral home shows up at the nursing home to pick up so-and-so. Why? Because that's the proper way that everybody should know what each person died of. That's mm. we're, we're, we're at a pivotal point. I can't go to houses and pick up somebody. Oh, we'll figure it out later. That's uh -huh. not how it goes. If this person has COVID, I need to enter that room prepared 
to remove a person with COVID, protecting myself, protecting everyone in that room, because there is a protocol. So this is why these rules, now more than ever, are being enforced. And you know, Edgar, and I want to say this publicly, um, and, I, and I've said this many, many a times. Um, you know, when I, when I look at you, and I'm sort of deviating momentarily, but I just want to say this to you directly with all the people that are watching, because when I look at you, I have to say that you make us, the Latino community, look really, really good. And it's because of the type of person you are, your OCD-ness, your job ethics, um, your personality, your, your big heart, you love people, and you're always have, you always have been a giving person. And, you know, your, your establishment, Funeraria Luz de Paz, is a great pillar in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I tell you, without, without your services, I mean, I think a lot of family members would be in a bad or stuck situation. So, you know, I just want to say that, you know, I mean, from, from, from the bottom of my heart and from many thousands who personally know you and who you have catered to, I mean, we just want to let you know that, that we love you. We love your services and everything that you provide to us as a community, because without you, I mean, we would be in a situation. So we need you. So we pray that, you know, God's hand of protection will always be upon you, your establishment and upon your staff and that, that, and that, you know, God will just keep you safe and sound. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really. Those prayers are truly appreciated because honestly, we can't do it without those prayers. If it's not for God up above, honestly, we would not even know how we would be doing because ultimately that is the key factor. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people can have no faith and continue working in an environment that you need not only the physical strength, but that emotional and spiritual strength to help us get through it because mm. we need it. We need God. There, there's, there's, no, there's no way I can be without Christ. And that's, that's who I am. And I respect everybody's opinion on what they do in their lives and what they what they want to believe in. Mm-hmm. As for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've decided. Um, and so um, I thank God because I know for a fact that there is a protection over us. There's a protection over my home. There's a protection over my staff, over my, my funeral home. And like I said, you know, as long as no matter what we're encountering here with families, knowing that we are working with them and patiently we work together because it's a lot of families. It's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of preparation. And as long as they're patient and we're patient and we're working together, we will make it through. Mm. But it's definitely a lot. My days consist of, and for those of you that have me on their Facebook and I'm, you got, I'm your friend on your on Facebook, for example. My 3.30 a.m. lives have been a little bit more consistent than before. So sometimes I'm looking actually to kind of talk to somebody because I got to drive home and I need some interaction because I get tired. Driving is one of the worst things I can do when I'm tired. But when I get into a conversation with somebody while I'm driving, it makes the trip a little bit faster. So 3.30 a.m. is my usual days, my usual nights there. And, that, and that's awesome. And I've, I've um, watched some of your um, your live streams when you go live. And, you know, if you're watching right now live on my platform, Super Elite Entertainment, I encourage you to uh, to tune into Edgar's live streams, which he, which he does pretty much on a daily basis. And, um, you know, your live stream is all is all informative, is all positive, encouraging, motivating. It's, uh, you know, you delivering golden nuggets 
uh, that that blossom into into life, and you know that's who you are. That's the type of personality you are. You like to influence people to do oh, good, to you. do better, you know, and, and to encourage change. But Edgar, really quick, what I want to do is I want to acknowledge some of the people that are watching on Facebook because we have a great amount of people that are watching. And if it's not okay. for the viewing audience, I mean, we would not be able to do what we do. So, awesome. yeah, so Billy Santiago is saying, Jason, you want point about Egg Eggert's character? A absolutely, Billy. And I thank Billy for watching right now. Billy's always uh, watching live every time we go live. And uh, Sandra Laja says, my respect. To you, Mr. Rodriguez. I'm not sure which Rodriguez she's talking to, whether it's me or you, because we're both Rodriguez. <laughs> we're not related, I promise. <laughs> um, Myrna Plana says, Thank you, Edgar. God bless. Evelyn Cajigas is saying amen. And oh, one more my Luis Hernandez is saying thank you, Edgar. So there's a lot of people on here. Myrna Reyes put some hearts. Yasmin Reyes says, Well said, Jason. Uh, Steve Rothman, way out in Florida, is watching. We thank you, Vinny. Uh, Vinny, uh, Bridgeport police officer, he's a detective for the Bridgeport police, um, is watching yep. as well. Vinny, we, you know, another essential employee who's out there, um, day in and day out working on our behalf. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, my wife says, depend on the person's immune response. You never know. Evelyn Ruiz is saying, thank you, Edgar, for your service. You provide to the community. God bless you and your family. Sylvette Matthews is saying, amen. Well said. In regards to the statement that you made earlier, Edgar, uh, DJ Vic Perez, you know, uh, Vic from VIB Barbershop is watching as well. And he's putting a, bu a bunch of hundred sign symbols on here because he's in full uh, agreement with everything that you're saying, Edgar. So uh, there's so many different comments. Yolanda Acevedo is saying, Edgar, God bless you for your wonderful work and services that you provide to our community. I can't read each and every single question, but I just want to thank each of you that are watching live right now. If you don't know who the gentleman is, on the screen with me, his name is Edgar Rodriguez. He is the owner of Funeraria Luz de Paz, which is located in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And he caters to, you know, to family members who, who, you know, who, who have family members who pass on from this life to the other. So again, if you want some more information, if you want to reach out to Edgar, you can always visit www.funerarialuzdepaz.com. Edgar, what is it? Yeah, www.luzdepaz.com. And um, where you can find out more information about us. But if there's ever anything we need to help you uh, answer, whether you're here or even at other places, you know, I, I've had people calling me and and I don't have a problem with looking things over if you have a question, because if I can bring a little insight to you, I've, I've lent a hand to, to help you kind of uh, make sure you're doing the right thing and make sure that you're not, you know, kind of taking the steps in the wrong direction. So absolutely, yeah. it's been my pleasure to, to help at all times edward ramos who uh, owns uh platinum platinum room recording studio in downtown bridgeport is saying wow that's really courageous of you edgar rodriguez um Miranda Reyes is saying so true edgar elizabeth rodriguez is saying a fortunate unfortunate time for everyone this is so sad god bless us all during these critical times um right. yeah but there's, there's so many um, so many people watching, so many comments that are being left, Edgar. But my other question for you, Edgar, is during this critical time that we're going through, something that we have never experienced before, meaning in our in our era, during our time here on Earth, we've never gone right. through anything like this. Uh, maybe some semi-little viruses we have dealt with here and there, like H1N1 and stuff like that. But COVID-19, we've never dealt with this before. What Absolutely do not. we learn? What do we learn from this? After going through all of this, 
What do we take from it? What do we learn? Above all, one of the biggest things is we, we have to listen to the guidelines that are set forth. You know, I, I, I would say, I think we this caught us all off guard. It caught us all off guard because ultimately, although it was clear that part of our government did know about this situation, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. At the moment, it is imperative because we are handling something that we did not know about did not know what we're doing with it. What, how do you get it? How do you do, how do you get exposed to it? All we kept hearing was so, um, the first person got diagnosed with COVID in New York, but they came from a trip from China. Yep. And then next thing you know, a couple of days later, you're talking about hundreds into thousands and thousands into thousands of thousands. And the amount of deaths, for example, un heard of unprecedented in my i don't think i'll ever see that again 700 some odd people in one day to die in new york city that is nothing but absolutely the most absurd thing i've ever heard in my mind even ready to it's 700 what what are we to do and ultimately, regardless of how many funeral homes you have, you don't have 700 funeral that would be impacted by So ultimately, imagine all these days of the hundreds of people passing away, the situation that these funeral homes are encountering in New York City. But I will tell you this, guys. Jason, I have to tell you because um, I was pleasantly surprised and don't expect anything less. Connecticut is a, a, a very traditional area. And sometimes we complain. We complain about certain things that probably should be done differently because this or that or whatever reason, no money, no. But why I say this is because it was brought to my attention about the condition of where these people were placed in New York City. Mm. Where funeral directors had to go in to remove somebody's loved one and unfortunately had to climb over situ uh, someone else's loved one, try to seek the loved one you're trying to pick up. So these are things that were blowing my mind to hear. And when I came, um, to my first COVID case at a hospital, me and my employee, Colette, uh, first of all, I don't believe in sending my employees first. First one in front is me. Then after we learn the ropes, then you can go on your own. But until we know what we're working with, I'm there first with you. So me and her, we got dressed up. We looked like we were gonna go into an atomic war. And all you could see, all you could see is basically, I think our ankle. I don't mean to laugh, but yeah. <laughs> but it was funny. It was it, 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 honestly, we walked in like like it, we walked into a nuclear reactor, and there was live uranium right there in front of us. So <laughs> you, were, you were wearing like you were wearing like a NASA a NASA costume. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. And then we we go up to the to the truck because a lot of the hospitals, out, local hospitals, rented what used to be old trucks that carry produce to a lot of the stores and because they're refrigerated they turned them into 
portable refrigeration units for the amount of disease that we were having. Mm. And so the hospitals got a couple of these parked into their, their lots. And not only did they do that, but then they built locally ramps right up to the back of the trucks. And then when me and Colette were literally in the back of the truck, they are about to open the door. Me and Colette are looking at each other because we are not knowing what we're going to see in there. And I have to tell you, Jason, Richport Hospital, St. Vincent Hospital, St. Mary's Hospital, which are the three main hospitals that, you know, and Yale, all those hospitals, I have to give hats off to them mm. because they did and had prepared so eloquently to, to, care for those deceased people that died of COVID that I was, me and Colette actually smiled from ear to ear when that door went up and all we saw was lighting from the front of the, of the truck to the back of the truck, bright lighting. And then not only did they build a ramp for us to get to the back of the truck, but also in the middle, they had the aisle, everything was clean and they had built places to put everybody's loved one. Wow. Yeah. In system that had everybody neatly arranged. There was a second level also to place the bodies because it's a lot of bodies, but they prepared for it. No one was wow. placed and put there. And I have nothing but when it comes to that, I, 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 I thank God that they dealt with it that way because any other way, I don't know how we would have handled it. And so I, I'm sure I can speak for a lot of funeral directors, and and I'm not sure I, I believe we went we we're going to Norwalk Hospital. I don't know how they did, but I will speak about the ones that we have been, and nothing but praises on how they handled it. And you know what, Edgar, I truly appreciate you sharing that 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 uh, that information because that's some powerful, extremely powerful information you just threw out there. Because a lot of people see these big tractor trailers parked outside of hospitals, and people are thinking that bodies are just being taken and thrown in there on top of each other, you know? Not so here. Yeah, so, you know, I truly appreciate you sharing that information with us. And, you know, big congratulations to all those who are working in the healthcare, medical oh, field, yeah. doctors and nurses and, and um, you know, uh, 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 all the uh, secretaries and the receptionists and all of those that make the uh, food dietitians, that all of those that make the, uh, the hospital function and operate because, I mean, you know, without them, man, we would we would be in a worse far situation. So I appreciate you sharing that information with us, and I'm sure that okay. the viewing audience appreciates that as well, because yeah. you know our mindset was they they just throwing bodies in there, just piling them up, piling mm. them up, tag nope. them and pile them up. You know, so yep. yeah. Thank God, thank God it wasn't like that, and I was very happy. And again, so was my staff. So kudos to them and and, and to how Connecticut we have a a level of of of. Of, shall we say, etiquette on how we function on things. Absolutely. So, Edgar, we, uh, we've been going for a good hour already. You know the duration of the show is one hour. And I'm sure that the people that are watching, they're there. They're, they're stuck. Everyone is, is watching and, and leaving comments. Uh, Evelyn Ruiz is saying, wow, amazing. Again, thank you, meaning the information you just shared with us. Um, I also see my mother, Sonia Rodriguez, watching all the way in Florida. My mother's watching. She's saying hi to you, Edgar. My mother's saying hi to you from Florida. Howdy. And, uh, you know, Frankie Cologne, I see you, Frankie, watching the Wepa Man. You know the Wepa Man? 
Um, you know Frankie I, from the Puerto oh, Rican Day Parade. From yes. Puerto, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, Christina, Christina Diaz is saying always a great show. Thank you, Christina, and I appreciate you for watching tonight. And she watches every single every single time we go bro we broadcast. She's actually my cousin. But uh, okay. Edgar, we're at the conclusion of the show. So what I want to do is I want to provide you with one opportunity, last opportunity, to, you know, if these, if these are your final words that you're going to speak to the general public, if your last words that you're going to speak to someone that's watching right now, what would your final words be at this moment, Edgar? My final word would be don't lose faith. Don't lose faith regardless of what you see. I think we need to always know and trust that God never leaves us and never forsakes us. And if we believe that and we know that, we cannot go around acting like God is not our real God and a God that doesn't leave us. We trust God and we know for a fact that things are going to work out for the good of those who trust the Lord. So as hard as this is, this too shall pass. And now we've got some definite bees that we got to be worried about in new york i don't know what that's about jason uh, but i'm telling you right now they need to put up a net or something because i got other things to do besides listen, <laughs> listen. Bees. somebody somebody sent me a link about this wasp that a killer wasp that's out there now yes and, and, you know. <laughs> can i just put my mask away before i get attacked i mean honestly <laughs> This is crazy. It, it's ultimately crazy. 2020 is nothing but the craziest year I think any one of us could have ever encountered. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what? We, we're we're going to learn from this experience. And all Absolutely. it's going to do is make us better. It's going to make us smarter. It's going to make us stronger. And it's going to make mm -hmm. us appreciate life and appreciate all the things that are a part of our lives. Because you know what? Before this started taking place, maybe some of us were, you know, feeling down and out. And I'm sure that there's people feeling like that right now. You know, a lot of oh, people yeah. are unemployed. Small businesses are, there's a possibility that some of them are not going to reopen. But, you know, before all of this started taking place, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, you were going through a situation and it took maybe this little experience for, 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 for us to realize that, you know what, maybe we need to stop, pause, and listen to the voice of God. Because sometimes God has to allow certain little things to take place in order to get our attention. I mean, right. you know, I'm not saying that God permitted this, but I'm just saying that sometimes we have to go through certain little things for God to speak to our hearts. And yep. I read a scripture today, Edgar, and the scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, the Bible right. says, then I will hear from God and he will heal the land. So you know what? All we got to do sometimes is say a little simple prayer. And I guarantee you that that healing will make its way in. But Edgar, oh, I no. thank you. I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for coming on to the show. I know that you're uh, extreme, extremely busy. Um, I know that you're overwhelmed. And But we're going to continue praying for you. I'm sure that the people you. that are watching is going to continue praying for you. And our show, <laughs> our studio, our platform, that is your home. And you're welcome here anytime you like, Edgar. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. And I hope I was informative in any way possible. I think you were 200% informative. Awesome. Good. Thank you. All right. All right. Take care. God bless you. We'll be in contact, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Bye -bye. you. All righty. All right, you guys. 
I want to thank all of you guys who tuned in tonight. This has been an exciting time. Um, Edgar Rodriguez, I want to thank you one more time. I thank you once again uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be willing to come onto our show and to inform us and to educate us on uh, your practices that your establishment is taking to combat and to deal with COVID-19, which is plaguing our community. I want to thank each and every one of you who tuned in tonight. If you shared this broadcast, thank you so much for sharing it. If you left comments, I thank you for leaving comments. And um, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to personally ask you con to continue praying for Edgar Rodriguez, who's the owner of Funeraria Luz de Paz. Continue praying for his staff, Colette, and all of the other assistants who work there at the funeral home because their job and their task is extremely big. As you know, it's not only Funeraria Luz de Paz that's dealing with it. I mean, there's funeral homes nationwide that are dealing with the same type of situation that Edgar is dealing with there at his funeral home. I mean, I can't even imagine how difficult it has been. Um, as Edgar stated, that he had to turn away eight families because he's already full to capacity. So I can't even imagine how difficult that um, had to be for Edgar to do because Edgar is a caring individual. He loves to cater to family members. He loves to, to you know, to, to make sure that when you walk out of his establishment, that you walk out of there feeling complete and fulfilled. So, um, you know, you know, uh, congratulations to Edgar and to his team for all the work that they're doing there at Funeraria Luz de Paz in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And we just continue praying for you, Edgar, and for your family and for your staff. For you guys that are watching, if you're just tuning in, I had Edgar Rodriguez um, on the show. We're going to come back next week, next Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. We'll be doing this all over again. I have another exclusive um, person, an exclusive guest who's going to be coming onto the show next Tuesday night. We do this every single Tuesday night. We try to bring you the best exclusive interviews throughout the state of Connecticut. So next week, we're going to have another great time. Make sure you tune in. Again, I want to remind you to tune in this Saturday night for our new show, which is called Praying with Music. Um, a lot of you guys have been tuning in. It starts at 8 o'clock. It's two hours of action-packed, life-changing, life-impacting music, inspirational gospel music that is brought forth by men and women of God who are anointed to sing His Word. Again, I'm your host, Jason Rodriguez. I want to thank each and every one of you who tuned in tonight. Before I go, I want to acknowledge some of you guys that are on Facebook. Lissette Diaz is saying amen. Hilda Cardoso, I see you. Uh, you're there watching. Linda De Jesus, God bless you, sister. Sandra, uh, La Sandra, I see you saying amen. Men Myrna Reyes is saying thanks, Edgar, and thanks, Jason, for all the information provided to us. Thank you for watching. Michelle Coronievit is saying murder hornets from Asia. Yeah, murder hornets, hornets from Asia. Billy Santiago is saying great interview. Um, thank you again, Jason and Edgar. And Michelle Cotto is saying thank you, guys. Awesome show, awesome interview. Stay safe and many blessings and many blessings to you as well. Again, if you can't watch our show live, you can always listen to us on our podcast, which is on uh, Spotify, Anchor, Public Radio, and also on Google Podcasts. Also, if, you're not if you haven't subscribed to us, go onto YouTube and subscribe to Super Elite Entertainment. If you haven't uh, subscribed to us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or you can just follow me right here on Facebook as Jason Rodriguez. Again, I'm your host, Jason Rodriguez. Thank you guys for watching. God bless. Have a good night, and I'll see you guys next Tuesday night with Live with Jason Rodriguez, and I will see you this Saturday night at 8 p.m. for Praying with Music. God bless you guys. Take care.